You're listening to the Mentors for Military podcast with your hosts, Robert Gowan, Rudy Lindsay, Mike Pritz, and Kat Kalin. Our U.S. audience is not going to know a whole lot about the Rock to Recovery or Team Fortitude. I found you guys through Graham Walker. He let me know about what you guys do from a very small level. And I thought, well, geez, it'd be really cool to get you both on together to hear about how Team Fortitude supports Rock to Recovery. Because I'm really fascinated by how a lot of non-military end up supporting and raising awareness. So maybe I start first with Rock to Recovery and you, Robin, telling us a little bit about your organization and what you do. Rock to Recovery is a community interest company. And uh, for your American listeners, that is a not-for-profit organization, but it's not a charity. Um, And that's a very important part of, of what we do. We had to be an organization to protect the individuals who who work in it. Um, But our experience of charities is that they are very cautious about who they help. Because we focus on the mental health space, and particularly those who are very distressed and in danger of self-harm, immediate self-harm, we can't hang about. So we have to be very proactive. And if someone gives us a cry for help, we go and we worry about paperwork later. Um, now that can be slightly problematic and our view is it's better for us to get to people than be too late. So that's the reason that we're a, a community interest company. Uh, the focus is very much on uh, the armed forces, be it servicemen, be it veterans, be it their families. And it's all about preventing stress or, or relieving stress in um, in that community. There's also talk about how minor traumatic brain injuries and PTSD have got very similar um, characteristics in, in behavior and, and how it affects people. And minor, MTBI, minor traumatic brain injuries, are also something that we, we look at assisting with when it is in the stress environment as opposed to the physical um, injury sure. side. We are fortunate to be uh, to get a, a reasonable but small amount of funding from the Royal Marines charity who uh, are able to help fund the coaching that we offer the people we get to see. Um, and they are blown away by the reports of, of the coaches uh, that we get back. And these are proper clinical scores that the, 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 the clients get. So that's how, how we, we function. Uh, we were formed some years ago as a voluntary organisation before being an organisation and founded by a guy called Jamie Sanderson, who uh, uh, was a, a Royal Marine senior NCO, served in uh, in Afghanistan and elsewhere, got injured, uh, not seriously injured physically, but was blown off a roof in Afghanistan in 2006, hurt his back, hit his head and came back to the UK just slightly early, uh, during which... Uh, someone he he would have been looking after got um, got killed, uh, and and I think that's affected him quite badly. And and he ended up getting to the stage where the world was getting very very small. Um, his, his footprint was about as far as his arms could wrap around him, and life was very dark. And he could only talk to people through Facebook messaging, texting, that sort of thing, and. Um, he was still serving, he was still working, and he, he realised he needed help. 
asked for some help and, and was diagnosed with PTSD. The problem he had was that he found that the clinically approved treatments, which is EMDR and CBT, were not working for him. So he was getting having EMDR and on a Wednesday he was starting to get in a cold sweat prior to his sessions on a Friday and um, didn't quite work for him. He, he got medically discharged uh, and on his last day in service he was told to go and find a charity and he was pointed towards a, a particular charity which had a particular coach who looked after him and got him to a stage where he can cope um, most of the time with with what's going on in his in, in his mind. Um, during that time he, he went out and bought a whole lot of things that he didn't need including a guitar that he didn't play. He wrote poetry which he then learned to set to music and he used to sing it. Fortunately he's not here to sing it for you. <laughs> um, and then he went off and he, he was taken up Kilimanjaro by a charity who were funding his, his other developing business which came about when he bought a, an embroidery machine that he didn't need and started doing t-shirts and, and polo shirts for his mates and it suddenly spiralled and he needed more investment and what have you so the charity took him up Kilimanjaro in effect to pay for the the equipment that uh, they were providing him to set himself up and when he got to the top of Kilimanjaro I think it was about 2011-12 the guy who took him up another former Royal Marine, turned around and said to him, you do realise that this is nothing to do with your uh, physical strength, it's to do with your mental ability to climb this. Yeah. He had a, a bit of an epiphany and realised that this thing called his brain that people have been telling him was broken for so many years wasn't actually broken, it was just a bit different. And he still had a mental strength, even if it wasn't um, the same mental strength he had as a Royal Marine. And um, they got back and someone was listening to him attempt to play the guitar and, and said, you're rocking to recovery. And that's where Rock to Recovery was born. And um, it's grown. He, he does a lot of work. Where we're different from, from the charity side is that we actively go out and recruit clients. And by doing that, uh, we have Jamie and others will sit on social media. They will find people who are struggling They'll talk to anybody uh, and qualify their needs. Whereas the typical way that mental health provision is in the UK is that you have to go and approach the authorised, approved providers. Now, that's good. You know, don't get me wrong. If, if you think back to World War One, we used to shoot people who had PTSD and they were called deserters and, uh, and what have you. Right. And we've moved on from that. We now recognise the condition. We recognise... Um, that people need treatment and EMDR and um, CBT are helpful for, I don't know what the number is, let's say 80% of, of the, the people who suffer. However, that does leave 20% for whom it doesn't work, um, where there is no approved treatment, when they are not allowed to be referred by the systems. And typically they're the people who we pick up, or those who have fallen through the cracks in, let's say, from the Falklands War, when... You know, the, the answer to PTSD was man up, talk about it with your mates. And right. some people managed to do that and some haven't very successfully. So that's what Rock to Recovery is. We, we go out, we uh, find people and we signpost them to coaching. And it is coaching rather than therapy. It is about transforming one's life and coming up with a new norm that's going to be an acceptable way of living for you going forward. 
Now, is this both a clinical physician type of person along with a, a fellow veteran that they're put in contact with for additional coaching or mentoring, or is this just formally the cl- clinical side of it? In fact, it's there's no, it's no clinical stuff at all. Oh, okay. Um, this, the, 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 the lead coach that we have, and, and we are recruiting others, but the lead coach that we have is a, four, a former Xerox operations manager who did all right for his life, was never very happy in business, but did very nicely financially. He's um, not a house which is paid off, but you know it's not huge, but it's you know he's done nicely. Um, didn't really like business, but was very good at managing people. And um, when he was financially assured, he he gave it a lot, learned how to be a coach to help people, and um, met on his his training courses a guy who went on to form the charity that uh, that, that Jamie went to. And for all sorts of reasons, that, that that relationship came in. There's a lot of distance between where he was living and, and where this charity was based and what have you. Um, and he's ended up working for us, not directly. Um, we we outsource the coaching. Um, so we avoid having the, the difficulty of the insurance cover, the responsibility of providing it internally. Sure. Um, and we, we do have necessary insurances and what have you, but it's it, it's the way that we can operate on a, on a lean model but it is remarkable that people will have one session with this guy and and we've been criticized because it's not best practice he might spend a whole day with somebody where apparently best practice says no more than 60 to 90 minutes all of what he does is about what the client needs he's, he's completely not hung up about best practice he's not hung up about what you wear what you do or anything like that it's about what do you need and we keep saying to people if if the way to get you better was to stand you and us naked in Trafalgar Square and throw rotten eggs at you, we would do it. Because it's about the guys who need help. It's not about some doctor somewhere who says, this is the most successful way of doing it. It's sure. only successful if it works for you. In our military, we find that a lot of the post-traumatic stress is also, in some cases, traumatic brain injury. Military sexual trauma also comes into play. And we had a recent guest on a few months back, Andrew Marr, who is the founder of the Warrior Angels Foundation. And Andrew was talking about how some of the chemical imbalances on occasion uh, is stirred up by either high-intensity fighting or the traumatic brain injury that occurs you know, with the brains from concussions or what have you, where they found that there could be some you know, chemical imbalance within the body that can be discovered through blood tests and some of their back-end work that they do to help these individuals kind of move forward. So outside of coaching, counseling, and discussion, there's this other element of it because I know at least here in the States, what tends to happen is they go through a cycle where they get counseled uh, from clinical people and psychologists who then end up medicating them and of course when you end up medicating on occasion you start causing other physical ailments that create other dependencies on medication and it becomes a a vicious cycle i don't know if you guys have found the same things from the people that you're counseling or talking to are they the individuals that may have found that they they've gotten to a system like that and it's just not working or are you just just working with the percentage of the individuals that kind of fall out the cracks from the other side um, I think it's it's a combination of both, and and I think you're absolutely right that um, that, that medication can cause issues and, and different issues. I think it has its place, um, certainly in the short term, 
Um, I say that, and I'm not medically qualified, but that's a, a, a layman's view of, of the world. Um, one of our patrons is, is an organisation called the Scars of War Foundation, based out of Oxford University, and they've got some extremely interesting research going on at the moment that I, I can't really go into, other than the fact it is finding that there appears to be physical changes in the brain structure itself through repetitive minor traumatic brain injury, such as the percussive effects of um, mortar rounds or something going off at 50 metres, or even, uh, and I say this is potentially even, the rapid fire of, of a machine gun sucking the air out of the, um, and creating a vacuum in the immediate vicinity of the firer. Sure. Um, and in that context, a lot of this is not particularly di different, in my layman's mind, from the the brain injuries that the likes of Muhammad Ali, um, God rest his soul, have just you know we we know it suffered, and and footballers in in American football and rugby players and and even football players, so soccer players in your terms, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, suffered in 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 the nineteen fifties and sixties with the old hard heavy leather wet balls and and what have you. They even found baseball players to be the same thing. Those that uh, you know were hit upside the head and everything with the baseball and the same type of traumatic brain injury. Yeah, well, there's no hope for me then because I used to play cricket and got hit many times. But there we go. <laughs> um, I, I think every time I got hit, they called for a new ball because it was out of shape. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think there's an awful lot of stuff going on here, and and sure. I think that there is a slight element of worry from the powers that be that if we follow some of these investigations, research areas it's going to come up that um, there's a provable link between some of these things. And then all of a sudden you get into, particularly in, in, in countries which are rather litigious, that there's this duty of care and, and um, it's not just we have a responsibility now to look after these people, but someone is legally liable for their injuries and what have you. And you know, I can't say I agree with that because we do know what we do when we join the military. Mm -hmm. um, doesn't mean we don't expect not to be looked after, right? But I'm not into that litigious um, space. You know, if you trip over a pavement, we should look where you're going. Don't worry about the hole in the pavement. How does Team Fortitude then come into play, and when was it that they were formed, Sabrina and Laura? So we were officially formed on January the first, but it came about that last year we watched the SAS Who Dares Win show because um, my dad was a Royal Marine Commando. So we love anything military and we watch all the films and shows and things like that. So we came um, across Rock Recovery on Twitter and just love what they did really because it's, like Robin said, it's about coaching to the individuals via creative means. And we're both from creative backgrounds. So um, like we had a pottery painting studio and always do crafts and things like that. And really? love music. Um, so yeah, we, we offered to help and the plan was to do one event, but it's kind of got a bit bigger since then. Yeah, it's a touch. much bigger. Sounds like it, but it's taken off rather wonderfully. So most of these people that are getting engaged, as I understand it, through Team Fortitude, though, these are civilians. These are non-military people, correct? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So, yes, so how is it that they're raising the funds? I mean, I, I see a lot of different things that they're doing in terms of physical fitness-related uh, activities and raising funds in those ways. So give me kind of a little bit of, of a background of how that kind of works. 
So I think really listening to how Robert um, Robin's just spoken about Jamie there, I think we all want to give back to our veterans now and get out of our comfort zones and, and help where we can. And that's what Team Fortitude has kind of enabled civilians to do, really, is to join us in our team and support the people that give us this quality of life that we have. Yeah, it's a way of saying thank you, I suppose. And people, our original plan was to have 100 people at one event. So we all kind of met up, raised our funds, and then went our separate ways. But people were saying, well, I live in Scotland, like Graham Walker. He was actually our first recruit. He came on board on New Year's Oh, Eve. really? I didn't know that yeah, he was... Yeah, <laughs> that's really how it started, to be honest. Because Oh, wow. Yeah, Sabrina saw a tweet from Graham saying he wanted to do a Tough Mudge, and she was like, oh, well, join us. And he was like, yeah. And then loads of people just jumped on the bandwagon. But because we're all so spread out across the UK, everyone's just chosen different events, really. But the support is there for the veterans, which is amazing. I mean, all these people want to get out of their zones and do something to support these people that have provided us with our quality of life. And I think it's, it's an amazing thing. What do they do physically in order to raise the funds? Uh, you know, of course they see a lot of tweets and pictures and <laughs> yeah. such that, you know, look like they're on bikes or treadmills or something of that nature. Of course, yeah. they're also doing events. So, you know, when one signs up for team fortitude, what are they signing up for? And how does that then contribute over to rock to recovery? So originally, like Laura said, we were going to have one event and one Tough Mudder. So there is quite a few Tough Mudders on our calendar because that's what a lot of people wanted to do. But literally, we are asking anybody to get out of their comfort zones, no matter what that is. So if they're happy to do a 5K walk and ask for sponsorship for that, it's something that we're going to support. We have one lady who is conquering her fear of swimming. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, to, so she's really outside her comfort zone because she's quite afraid in the water but she's got swimming lessons and she's going to do a swim and she's getting all her friends to sponsor it for that that's outstanding so they end up creating some type of event if there's not one local and then they then take those funds sort of like a gofundme page and provide that to you guys who in return transfer that over to rock to recovery yeah well what we have is robin very kindly designed our website so if you take a look at that it's uh it's pretty awesome um, and everyone has their own sponsorship link via that. So the money's instantly going to Rock to Recovery. There's no middleman or any fees like that apart from PayPal fees, which unfortunately we have to do. Um, but everything instantly goes back to Rock to Recovery. So the second someone sponsors, it's literally available for use, um, Yeah, which we're quite passionate about. So we also volunteer our time because a lot of people think we get paid for doing it, but we don't at all. Every penny literally goes to Rock to Recovery. Okay, so I knew that everybody that was engaged within Team Fortitude as a participant, if that's what you want to call them, was not getting paid because they're just kind of raising their own awareness and their own campaign. But you guys are also not being funded by any means. This is this is literally on your dime. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's yeah, it's a passion really. Now at this stage, it's it's every day and every weekend. But we absolutely love doing it, and the people we're meeting through it, you know, they're they've just increased in awareness as well for Rock to Recovery. It's not all about taking part and sponsoring. It's about retweeting or, you know, following them on Facebook and things like that. So, yeah, and we've got that. We've launched, just launched our photo competition as well. So it's, we're trying to create something that everybody can participate in. If they're not physically able to take part in a event that they can support us through creative means. So everything's kind of coming full circle. Yeah, that's amazing because when you really think about it, however it is that you can bring awareness and raise, you know, funds to go along with that, 
it, mm. it's wonderful. Uh, you know, I, there are, I know there are several different types of organizations that are very similar to what you guys are doing here in America, but I don't know that it's structured quite the same way. And I'm not sure that they're actually having events that are non-athletic and, you know, being a little bit more flexible in how it's being performed. The fact that you guys are willing to do that because it's all about that awareness and uh, I, I think is remarkable. Uh, it, oh, it, it's you. really nice. No, it's because we also have people um, raising funds for us. So like Sabrina said, they might not be able to do creative or physical events, but they're doing bake sales and things and raising awareness and money through their work and their friends and their churches and things like that as well. Um, so that's good. Yeah, that's that's awesome. It, well, it allows anybody really to participate without much of an excuse. You know, exactly. You, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exactly. We've covered all bases. Yeah. So if people say, well, you know, I can't, I'm injured. I can't really, well, okay, can you bake? Well, okay, yeah, I guess I could probably bake something, you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, Everyone knows someone that bakes. Yeah. 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 That's, that's wonderful. So are you guys only in the UK or are you looking at perhaps branching out to other areas, Australia or other countries? Well, excitingly, we can launch, officially launch today on, on your show, our virtual races. Oh. So we're going to have um, a virtual 10 or 5K for people to participate in all across the world, wherever they are, if they want to support Team Forest Food and Rocks Recovery, um, they can do their event, they send us their time, they can email us their time, and um, for £10, 10 British pounds, they'll be able to get their medal, Team Fortitude medal. Oh, that's that's awesome. Because, I mean, yeah. I, if you think about how that'll work, so many different people across every country can then participate in some way. And are you looking at maybe even branching that out to where if they don't run a 10K, they can bake a cake or something or cookies? Yeah, or... well, I, I think next year, because this <laughs> yeah. year, well, we're kind of nearly halfway through the year, really. But um, Robin suggested maybe setting different challenges. And we've had someone suggest maybe creative challenges. So you know the way like in Scouts and Brownies that you collect your badges? Yes. For, yeah, like craft and woodwork and stuff, that you can do that. But then on the flip side for medals, you could do a triathlon or you could do an ultramarathon or anything really. Like we're asking people to set their own challenge. So we're not we're not that fussy of what they do. But mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. As long as it's within the kind of the ethos and supporting. Yeah, exactly. It's probably it's, the right way. So long as they pay the fee and yeah. <laughs> it supports rupture recovery. Well, and well bear in mind the fee, of course, is a donation. Yeah, yes. which is yes. great. Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah. do you find that a lot of the individuals that you're coming in contact with are not really aware of what PTSD is and, and how it's affecting the troops? Or do you find that they're already well-versed in it? To be honest, I think people have heard of it and some people are more aware than others. But that's the thing with Rock's Recovery is they've, they've made a lot more people aware of the, the scale of the problem, to be honest. Mm. Um, I wasn't completely aware of the scale of the problem myself, um, you know, until seeing some of the figures and facts, which are, are awful, really. But these people need our help. And I think the more awareness we can spread, the more people that can learn, even if it's just a little bit about it, I think I think that's a great thing. Oh, it is a great thing. And as, as a matter of fact, I'm sure your statistics are very much like here in America, where not every case is actually counted because people will go misdiagnosed or undiagnosed and then learn much later on. And maybe at that time frame, they become part of those statistics, but in some cases still may not. I think just bringing that general awareness will also help families, friends, and those types of things identify things to look for. 
yeah, to, yeah. to be aware of individuals who are coming back from the war or engaged in military activities that you might be able to identify the signs? Yeah, well, I think I, it's I, possibly worse than that. Um, and I think in the US you've got statistics that, that we're not recording over here. So the statistics that are being recorded, I think it's in 22 states only in the, uh, in the US, works out that there is 22 veterans of all conflicts per day who are committing suicide. And how accurate that is, you know, we're, I'm too far away to, to find out. But that's the sort of scale that we're talking about. And we don't hold those statistics in the UK. Um, it's very difficult to get a definitive statement, but there are rumours, reports, whatever you want to, to call it, that there are, have been more suicides from Falkland Island War veterans than there were deaths of the Falklands War, which has just had its um, 34th finishing anniversary today. Wow. You know, and you know, that was 255 died, and have we had 255 suicides since? I don't know. Some will say yes, some will say it's closer to 100, but 100 is still too many. Right. Um, and that is just those who are committing suicide, not those whose family lives have been turned upside down, not those who have hit drugs or booze and have ended up in prison and their marriages are broken down and they've been estranged from their kids. And, and unfortunately, I haven't been through that level of despair. Sure. Um, but I can imagine, having seen some people who have, just how desperate their lives are. You know, and, and I can tell you that at least two of the podcast hosts actually have experienced post-traumatic stress and shared that on that individual podcast that we did on that topic. And I know if they were here, they would be definitely appreciative of what you guys do because uh, it's amazing and bringing the awareness around. And of course, like I said, if you can just get families and friends to identify the symptoms or the signs that you could offer that friend or family member to seek help as opposed to trying to solve it themselves. And unfortunately, that means sometimes it's ending their lives. Then, you know, that's that's what it's all about is trying to get that awareness out there. Absolutely, it is. And um, there, there is or there remains a, a large number of, of veterans who believe that the the way to cope with the the darkness the black dog whatever you want to call it that the best way of doing it is to chat with with other oppos and and i wouldn't knock that Uh, and if it works for you that's great because we're all about what works for you but there are some people where that isn't the right thing Um, and i think that's particularly where rock to recovery is very much focused upon whatever it takes and that's why i'm so glad we've empowered uh, Laura and Sabina to get on and do their team fortitude stuff. We don't need to be involved in in ninety percent of it. There might be the odd tweak to the website. There might be the odd approval of, "Do you mind if we do this?" But they, <laughs> they've just got on and and done it. And and it's it's a source of fundraising that we have no need to manage in that context. It's great to say how's it going occasionally, and we see it on the website. It's brilliant. Well, I don't know that a lot of people probably understand, Sabrina and Laura, the amount of effort and time that you're putting in to actually manage this uh, on the scale that you're doing. And of course, if you start trying to grow the efforts, that that really adds to it. It's not just the managing the day-to-day of the events or the 
stuff that's going on to bring the awareness, but it's also trying to get awareness and getting new people on board, either to replace those who have kind of completed and feel like they've done what they can or something of that nature, but just continuing to grow this. So, yeah, and like, like I said before, we, we honestly don't mind. I think Robin's being kind where he says there's a few few questions. We we ask him quite a lot, and he's, he's a great support. But we're, we're very lucky in the fact that once people have done one event, because we try and link quite a, like a few team members up together, that they sign up for more. I mean, Graham himself, I think he's on 18 events. Wow, we've, yeah. Yeah, like we've got one team that's called Team Elite, so they're taking part in Breakpoint in October, which is the Special Forces Day um, in England, and they're all they've all pledged to raise a thousand pounds each. Wow, recovery. Yeah, that's it's great. great but they, yeah, it's amazing. But they're all they've all signed up for at least eight events. Yeah. So, and they're know, all they're all committed to coming on board next year. So where Robin thought he might only have to deal with me and Laura for one year, <laughs> it seems we could be sticking around for a little while longer. A lot longer. Yeah, um, but it's, it, it, I think next year will be a lot easier because this, this year has been a living curve for us and Rock's Recovery working together, I suppose. But once you've got the basics in place, it's just about looking for sponsors for the medals and T-shirts and things like that. So every penny can stay with Rock's Recovery yeah. rather than having to fork out for... Just the basics, really. So if someone is interested in trying to support you guys from a sponsorship point and they might be listening to this podcast, how could they go about doing that? Reaching out to you directly or do they reach out to Robin? Well, either or, actually. I mean, they can get in contact with us on Twitter or Facebook. Um, or if they want to contact Robin directly, there's no problem with that either through, through the Rock Recovery website. Okay. So if someone's also wanting to sign up for this virtual, you said 10K, or is it 10K and 5K? Uh, they can pick. So we, okay. they can either do a 5K, a 10K, or they can challenge themselves and do both. <laughs> and, um, and they can just follow us on Twitter and Facebook. I think it's probably the easiest, and we're going to launch it um, once this podcast is, is going out. Team Fortitude 16 on Twitter. Okay, and so then on Facebook, it's Team Fortitude. So why is it that it was Team Fortitude 16? Because I did notice the number. Was it, were well, there... that's because we thought it would just be one event in this year, so it was to represent 2016. <laughs> gotcha. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's be our anniversary yeah, now. Now, yeah. now it's going to be the starting date of it, yeah. And Team Fortitude was already gone. I think it's a, a handball um, Twitter t- Twitter feed, yeah. So we're, uh, yeah. Well, well the cool thing about that is, is now 16 will always be your starting year, and you can state it that way. Well, 16 was actually our starting year, and so now it's, you know, Team 42-23, but it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's an easy way to remember an anniversary, yeah. There you go. Yeah, New Year's Eve. It's our legacy now. Exactly. <laughs> and, and Robin, uh, yeah, how is it that individuals can get directly involved with Rock to Recovery? Many ways. Uh, there's the website, rocksrecovery.co.uk, and, and find the contact us form. Um, you can uh, use my email address, robin at rocksrecovery.co.uk. Um, for those who need support, there's support at rocksrecovery.co.uk. Uh, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. And we prefer the website or, the, or email purely because it's slightly more corporate uh, and it's a lot easier to, to search than, than scrolling through a, a huge Twitter page or Twitter feed. So. Oh, totally understand. So now it's rock the number two recovery, correct? Yep. Okay. Dot com? Dot co dot UK. Okay. 
And Sabrina and Laura, you guys uh, didn't mention your website page. Yes, we have a beautiful website. It's www.teamfortitude.co.uk. Okay, great. So not Team Fortitude 16. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> no. Robin, had, Robin had foresight there that we'll be around for a while. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love Thankfully it. Hopefully, it wasn't taken. So I'm so glad that you guys decided to join us and especially come on and announce a wonderful thing of being able to spread this type of awareness globally. And uh, I wish you guys much success. Hopefully, this won't be the last time that we get a chance to catch up with you, especially if you guys are going to do the event that uh, Robin and I had talked about earlier. Uh, Definitely. We, we hope Definitely. to see you on pictures, video, and maybe even live in person there. Hopefully. Yeah, we, Robin's roped us in, so yeah. The we will be yomping. The, the training's <laughs> commenced for yomp already. <laughs> That's awesome. Which, yeah. 166 kilometers, uh, bless you. Point four. 166.4. Oh, oh, I forgot. I forgot. 166.4. Yeah, that, that's amazing. Well, with- with the Royal Marines formed in 1664, you know, you've, you've got to get that 0.4 kilometers in to get the distance. Right? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. I'm sure that they <laughs> measure that thing to the T. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Within the inch, I think. Yeah, then you add the fact that most people go wrong quite a lot. So, um, yeah, because not too many people are good at map reading. There are too many officers trying to take part. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was lovely having you guys on. And again, I hope that we get a chance to do it here in the real near future. Just quick thing, Robert. Sorry, we forgot to say we're only £200 away from 10000 So that is our first major milestone for Opta Recovery. £200 away from £10,000, which is a milestone for you guys. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. 20%. We're trying to, well, we are going to raise 50000 this year. 50000 yeah that's, our, that's, yeah, that's our target. Okay. Well, then we don't want to just shoot for 200. We want to go well beyond that. So Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. If we can, that'd be great. Okay. Excellent. Thank you for taking the time out to speak to us as well. Yeah. Oh, no worries whatsoever. So uh, I hope this is the beginning of uh, a longer friendship and, and uh, collaboration. Definitely. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. You guys have a great evening. And, and you. you. Okay. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and at Facebook by searching at Mentors, the number four M-I-L, and please subscribe to our podcast. It's free, and it ensures you're the first to hear our latest podcast show. We have several options depending upon your device, and we're at iTunes, SoundCloud, at Stitcher, and at TuneIn Radio.